Okay. Yeah, because I found That's all the new films are all mm. Christmas films, and I'm thinking I'm not I'm not yeah. ready for Christmas films yet. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. We're, we're wasting right. some good stuff here. <laughs> okay, okay, let's let's oh, let's let's crack on. Uh, let's make sure we are recording on this end. Yes, we are. Uh, and we are recording guys. this end. Yeah, and with lights on. And I've put my phone in a different place so that you guys should be able to hear me. Because on the oh. recording, on the recording last week, I could hear you guys in the background going, "Can hear him, can hear him." Yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, we couldn't. We were worried at one time, weren't we? Yeah. Has it yeah. gone all funny? Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's get ready to rumble. Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that asks you the titular question, Netflix or cinema, which one is going to win your loyalty, which one is going to win the mo- your money, your hard-earned money, what are you going to watch for your entertainment this week? My name is Tosin and I am based up in Coventry, well, in Midlands near Coventry, and joining me on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, well, we're not. Well, we're we're sinking in mud. But are you sinking in floodwaters where you are up in the Midlands, Toes? There are some areas that are really, really badly affected. There are some areas that do have um, floodwaters, and I've I've had like you know random bits where I'm driving along, and then all of a sudden, you know, when you drive through a puddle and you spray water everywhere, and you're like, yeah, where the heck did that come from? <laughs> and <it's>, <laughs> I I just didn't realize that there was that much water on the road. Or it, it it's yeah it, it is a it is a bit it is quite wet. I know that there's some areas that are quite badly affected. Like, um, you know how up in the north they haven't evac- evacuated. Yes. People. Then there's some areas of the Midlands that are a bit like that, but I don't think it hasn't gotten close to where we are. Oh, that's good. We are just sinking in mud. We've had regular but steady rain, so it's like we have a day dry, then we have a day of rain. So it just stays a soggy mess, basically. So uh, are the water because obviously on the island are water levels are ri- rising everywhere like um, on the coast and stuff yes. like that, like places down in yeah, Coulton Bay. Yeah, all the that. rivers are yeah, all the rivers are high, and on high tides, yeah, you notice it particularly. But wherever I'm gardening, it is you sink when if you stand still, you start sinking. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> so good lord! It's a bit like that. <laughs> wow! Well, well, welcome to Weather Watch. Um, whether it versus Netflix versus cinema, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, of course, we are British, so of course, we do have to talk about the weather. It's very important. Yeah, it, it is. It we is. Think. The... We do. <laughs> it's like what? What else do you talk about if you don't talk about the weather? But it's um, <laughs> your but, health. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you guys are okay. I'm glad you guys are, are okay and you're safe, and the island hasn't eroded away yet. No, no one's pulled the plug out yet, so we haven't sunk. <laughs> We've not floated off just yet. No. <laughs> oh, cool. And so now this is the first time, and I know we're a little bit late to the party, but this is the first time where we've been, we've gone together and we've actually had a chance to discuss some some comments that have been made by Martin Scorsese while he's been out and about. I know it's late to the party and a lot of people are probably sick of hearing of this already. But um, did you guys hear about this story? Yeah, yeah, about he, he dissed the Marvel films, didn't he? Yes. Well, he said they weren't. Work, yeah, something about them not being very cinematic. He says yeah. they're not cinema. Yeah. He said he said they're not cinema. Now, uh, I mean, there's. Do a, you reckon that's? Do you reckon that's a publicity ploy so that he can do this Netflix thing? 
you know the well i'll tell you what if if it was it's it, it was genius because it's worked really really well <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's worked it's worked really really well but the, the thing about it is he originally said this in an article in empire magazine and this is an article that i read and i read the article and i didn't even notice that it had been said it was just like you know in passing it was no big deal but all of a sudden, mm. it's become this big thing that people have blown up into this, oh my God, how dare he say that? And it's become a little bit like when Steven Spielberg was trying to get Netflix movies kicked out of the Oscars. Or when, like, you know, Helen Mirren said F Netflix or stuff like that. It's become one of those things where it's almost, it almost seems like it's, uh, it's an, it's... As he said it, as he... Yeah. Has he said any more about it, Tozin? Has he, like, tried to defend it or anything for that? Because I haven't really been following the story, so... Well, he he said one know. more thing where he he actually lent into it. He lent into it and he was like, no no no, they're just like he. I think he referred to them as cinematic roller coaster rides. He says oh, like right. they're roller coaster rides. They're not real cinema. And the the uh, this is. I remember we had a discussion a while back where we were talking about because obviously on Netflix and cinema we're always talking about this whole. We spoke about the the push and pull between the fact that we all love cinema. We love going to the cinema. We love watching things on a big screen. But at the same time, I mean, Sean, you were worried about, oh my God, I'm getting a bit of a couch potato. It's just so convenient to watch stuff on Netflix. And, it is, uh, but, but I've, been, I've been better. I've been better. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know I've you got have myself better. out there. I know you, you made a concerted effort to get off your couch and leave your house. I know, and I applaud I think, you for it. I think that was thanks to you, Toast. I think that was thanks <laughs> to you for giving me the jolt I needed. <laughs> Well, well, thank you. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad I got you into the cinema. But it, it's the same way, like you know, when when we had that whole Steven Spielberg thing, and he was coming across a bit like um, like an old man yelling at the sun, going, "I don't like it. Get off my lawn." And, and there's a bit of this that comes across as that because we all know Martin Scorsese is quite, uh, he's quite the film buff. He is like he's not yeah. just a film. Oh yeah, big time. He, he is like obsessed with film and all that and he loves his old french movies and jean-luc godard and francois truffaut and all that kind of stuff and he he loves that and there's a bit of me that wonders and what i really want to know and what i haven't heard in all of this stuff is whether he's actually watched any of the marvel films because oh right yeah yeah that'll make a difference yeah because i'm not sure <laughs> if or not, and nobody said that people are just i mean as always with anything people just want to sort of like get up and be annoyed about stuff i don't know whether he's actually watched them because imagine this was the 80s or something right and the equivalent of the marvel movies that we have now like the big massive blockbusters in the 80s would have been like a uh, film stein arnold schwarzenegger or steven stallone a big yeah. muscle-bound thing and so you will have Martin Scorsese, who's just made Goodfellas. And people will say, so what do you think about all these films that are big, massive behemoths at the box office? It's like, what do you think of Commando? And you can imagine then he would have said something like, well, that's not cinema. And because it's a big, dumb action movie, it's supposed to be like a roller coaster ride that gets you from A to B. And then you finish and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, now I can go home and all that kind of stuff. And if you haven't well, watched the Marvel movies, you would think that that's, that's just what they are. It's a big superhero movie. It's essentially today's version of a 1980s Arnie muscle-bound film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of old, I mean, a lot of 40, 50-year-old weirdy beardies that really like that sort of stuff because that was a comic thing, wasn't it? That was like, I mean, it, a lot of it was a comics. Yeah. I mean, and I think they aimed for that, old, you know, those Marvel films, they're sort of aimed for the, that sort of age group, although for youngsters as well to get the merchandising, because generally I think is 
the one the people that are into the comics in the Silver Age of Marvel comics, they're the most critical of the films, aren't they? Of the, of the Marvel universe, you know, they oh that's rubbish or I mean like yeah. all the fantastic. But films. they've always been around though, haven't they? Because when you think how long has Superman been around? Yeah. How many Superman films have there yeah. been? They've been churning them out since the 1940s, haven't they? Yeah. Well, I know Batman's only been cinema since the last for the last sort of 30 years. But you no, know, no, well, since the 60s, there was the Batman movie made in the 60s. Oh, I know because there was a television series. Was there like a link to the TV Yeah, there, there, was, there was a spin-off alone? movie. There was a spin-off movie made from that TV series. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I had them all in. So there has always been that element of, I think the, the phrase has been in the past, a you know, popcorn film, hasn't there? Yeah. There, these, there, it is pure entertainment. There isn't, there has, it's not supposed to be about um, higher values or no. um, moral stories. Or but art. They're about entertainment or art. But some of these films you know they do tend to have a a, a moral core to them yeah you know there's always they, they will know what's right and wrong they know what's good and bad and you have a clear protagonist and a clear bad guy so they do well, sometimes have, not even that there clear. is a morality to them yeah there is a morality to them i think often so when they to dismiss them as being you know a, not cinema i think well actually you admit you're dismissing a lot of cinematic history when you say that because well, yeah. they are they don't they didn't dis- they didn't disappear fully formed i mean you can trace the sort of roots of the marvel films if we see them today but back to those pulp films of the 1940s and 50s but i think that the being like that what would they call it snobbery or elitist yeah or yes, sort of yes. they will say oh you know that's that's they're, they're, they're not I get the feeling that if it's in the 1980s, he'd say these should be direct-to-video type films because yeah. that was a snobbery at the time, wasn't it? There's was like yeah. direct-to-video or it had a cinematic release. I mean, I mean cause you even, there was a bit of snobbery. Yeah. I think in the 80s, you could even class things like Jurassic Park or Back to the Future or as, yeah, as, pop as just pop culture, you know, yeah. popcorn films. Yeah, as, as, as not cinema, um, I yeah. Can, I can sort of see where he's coming at. I don't think you can diss him totally, but I do understand that he's saying they're they should be a place enter- for entertainment both. Yeah. value, yeah, and not, not arty. Yeah, uh, I mean, not, they're not art. But there but always has been that sort of the strata of films, and they've been like the pure entertainment, mm. the ones that have upper code, and then there's proper But then it's like art. comparing the music wise, comparing the Beatles to Scott Aitken and Waterman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you see, because yeah, that's 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 the thing. Uh, I understand what he says, but it is it is sort of like an inherently snobbish thing to say. To so like, is, yeah. to just yes, to, so, to it's kind yeah. of like you know people. It's uh, you were saying about the music stuff. People kind of go. There's this whole thing that where people go, well, if it's um, if it's what's the word I'm looking for? If it's popular, or if it's successful, mm-hmm. if it's successful, then it must be rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's which, it, that's it. Yeah, which which is a bit kind of like a weird thing, but but I think that I really want to know if he's watched any of them because I actually think what Marvel have done mm-hmm. over the last ten years, from my point of view, is that they've taken something that was just a popcorn film was just kind of like, oh, we'll give you what it is you want so you can give us your money. And they have transformed it into something I would say is actually cinema. So you look at things like, like as the films went along, they became less and less popcorn movies and started grappling with some massive, massive things. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not saying I agree with him or anything like that. No, but you can see where he's coming so, from. You know, I can sort of see the, where, where he might be getting his ideas from. You know? Yeah, 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 I agree with so, you. Sean. I mean, I'm, and, and I wasn't knocking Scott Hankin and Waterman because no. I like <laughs> some of their stuff, but I'm just saying that if you're elite, you know, some people would, would dismiss, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the, the musos would say, oh, Scott Hankin and Waterman, you know, the popular Well, that's stuff. why they came from, like, the guilty pleasure thing, wasn't it? Because they're saying people who read it would read NME would then go home and listen to ABBA. Um, because, you know, they're saying that there's this, you've got this front of, like, being... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Like, yeah, being, you know, I'm it's all about the art. And then they would actually, people who would quite like to put their feet up. But I think all of us them. are well-rounded individuals, so yeah. we understand. We understand. We understand the intricacies. We don't take offence at someone making a comment. No. Because, no. you know, he's allowed to. He, yeah, he's he's allowed to make a comment. It's just it's just kind of like it it, it just I feel like it, it the the comment itself kind of tries to, it almost like it tries to make a fight where there is no fight. Where, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, no one's arguing with you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Marvel, like, not, I, it's like not where, where there is no yeah. fight. It's like why do you have to even say that? It's like oh, that's not cinema. Yeah, what I make that yeah. that's cinema. I'm like. Why yeah. don't you even say that? I mean, it is cinema. I saw it in a cinema. It's in a big screen. It was made on a camera. It was used, yeah. made using the same techniques that you used. As a matter of fact, it, with him saying that it isn't cinema, some of the techniques that they pioneered, as in the age reduction ch- technique, he's he uses that extensively in his new film, The Irishman. Does he? So, Does yeah, he? Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because I was just, I'm glad you said that. Because I was just about to say, I'm not sure if he's used the film with any CGI or anything. But yeah, obviously, they this all one... tinker with these things. The, yeah, that, that's no. There's a the idea is that you have Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci, who are who are all in the 70s, and they play them their characters from the age of 25 up. So oh, they essentially wow. they've essentially sort of like used the the age reduction technique that was pioneered massively <laughs> by reduction. Marvel movies. That, that that would be so cool. <laughs> oh yeah, that was I guess the first one. Was it was it Avengers when with old Tony Robert, Stark? Yeah, Robert Downey Robert Jr. Downey Jr. Downey Jr. appears like, like he was twenty again. I think I think, I think, I think yeah, for me it was Ant Man. Ant Man. When when young Michael Douglas shows up in Ant Man, and I'm like, Whoa. oh right, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I re- that Amazing. happens in the first five minutes of Ant Man. You're like, what the hell? That's- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and the fact that he's taken techniques that they've used and put them into his movie, and it just seems a bit weird, which it really makes me feel as if he hasn't watched these films and he hasn't realized that the techniques he's using, they've done a lot of stuff to develop it. It's just weird. But anyway, uh, anyway, as I said, I think it's I think it's a storm in a teacup. I don't think it's really much, and I and I just find it... But I'll, I'll find it really weird if he hasn't watched any of them, but if he has watched them, I'll find it weird that he said what he said. But anyway, never mind. Never mind. Let's move on. Let <laughs> let's move. let's put that to bed. Let's put that one. To let's bed. put that to bed. We we're late to the party yeah. anyway. We might as well carry on with carry on with our own lives and carry on with our own agenda, <laughs> with our own Netflix versus cinema agenda. So we this is Cla- uh, no Sean. This is your uh what your second week back after your holiday. Yes, second week back. Yep. Yes, and um, so you've been able to get back into the cinema. You get to see a couple of things. I have, yeah. And I've seen a couple of things twice actually. Twice. Oh, oh, good. Okay, we we will because get other, that. To, 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 yeah, because other people wanted to go see them, and I mean, anyway, yeah, we we'll get on to that. Okay, we will we will get onto that. But um, first of first of what I want to do is I want to um, well, we have a section of the show called Also Rands, where what we do is we talk about films that we have or things that we have seen that for some reason we're not putting into our main rounds of Netflix versus cinema this week. So either we have too many films already or we only have three cinema movies and we just want to match up with three things. And so, Sean, you have you have gone back to your viewing habits of seeing a whole bunch of stuff under the sun and you said that you'd yeah. seen some stuff this week. Yes, yes, I see. Well, my also rounds were um, on Sky Movie, on the Sky Movie channel, around Sky Movie channel, they had the 95 Judge Dredd oh, version. The alone. Now, I seem to remember when that first came out. I am the law. I am the law. Yeah. <laughs> I am the law. Right, he took and, his helmet off. He did. I know. And that really. That's it, wrong. Yeah, that was totally, totally wrong. Eden Half looked young in this. 
Oh my goodness, <laughs> talk about age reduction. I was like, whoa. What happened to you in the last yeah. 15 <laughs> What happened to you now compared to the Rambo? Man? Compared to the latest Rambo movie, and you look at him in this, and he's like, he's like, he's like fuck, you know what I mean? He's yeah. Like, he's like, he looks well young. So but he took the helmet off. He took, I, thought, you know, so I know, everybody hates can't, that. You can't, you can't, you can't do judge, that with you do not take no. your helmet off. Never take uh, your helmet off. I'm the only I think one that, who don't wear helmets. The fact that he took the helmet off just made everybody go, okay, they do not understand what it is that they are doing. They do understand what it is they have. Carl Urban did not take No, Carl Urban didn't, because I think so many people might. But as a film, it's not actually that too bad. I didn't... I I actually had to watch it. certain um, 2008 tropes. I think the people who made it did did know a little bit about the 2008 world. Danny Cannon. I mean, yeah, Cannon, yeah. I mean... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I didn't mind it too much. I, I I decided to watch it, and it's got. I mean, the end end credits. Is it Armando Santo, who yeah, plays, who plays who's, Rico. Yeah, Rico. I quite like that name, Rico. But um, also, and at the end credits as well, the Cure play a, 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 a the end credits role. The Cure play the song over a band. My probably my favourite band. Ever, yeah. The Cure. They, oh, my brother they, saw they the concert. They do the soundtrack. Did he? Yeah. I bet you. Whereabouts? <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere up north, up the North Island, not on the Northern Island, but I don't know where. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, they they they're class. Anyway, yeah, so it wasn't too bad. So that that uh, that was that was quite a good one. I'll, I'll tell you the um, biggest sin that that film did. So Rob Schneider's yeah. in the film, and he plays a character called Fergie. And yeah, and in two thousand, I'm not sure whether Fergie was a massive character in the comics, but for we there's a certain run of two thousand AD that we got in Nigeria with Judge Cal and all that kind of stuff. And the, mm-hmm. the character yeah. of Fergie is the last thing in the world that he is, is Rob Schneider. He, yeah. <laughs> his only he is not Rob Schneider. And I think even at that age, when I saw it, I must have been about 15 or something, just getting into my film buffery. And I remember watching it going, no, you don't. That's wrong. You yeah. don't do that to Fergie. Mm-hmm. Fergie's like a massive hulking yeah. sort of like man child. He's not Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and did they have an ABC warrior? They did have an ABC warrior, yeah. which was which was pretty good. Like one of the ABC warriors, yeah, a big robot thing. Yeah. So, and they had the Fink brothers as well. Yeah, the Fink brothers. Were so deep. there are some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nods. there were some nods to it, and as I say, it was quite an enjoyable, quite an enjoyable. I always liked to judge death myself. Ooh, Judge Death. Yeah, Judge Death was scary. With his hissing, he does hiss a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like one of those aliens, isn't he? He's like he, an alien. He, he does look like an alien. He looks like a Xenon. You know, the teeth, the teeth size. I don't mean he yeah. looks like an alien, but what I mean is he's got that, the teeth, you know, the, the alien teeth, like with when the, teeth all the dribbles yeah, come out. And he, yeah, and he yeah. slubbers all over the place. But he's like a big, yeah. massive yeah. Saint Bernard without the cuddle factor. But yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and the other thing just to mention is that yeah. I did watch a couple of episodes of World War Two in colour. But Ooh. You know, I mean, it's just uh, yeah, that was a new thing on Netflix. So I watched a couple, but it's just basically stuff I've seen before that's been coloured in. Yeah, and, okay. you know, it's the same story about what goes on. So yeah, so that's my also rants. All right, cool. You're going to mention about Bangkok Hell, or is that going to be one of your? Are we saving Bangkok Hell? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's save. Let's save Bangkok Hell. We'll have that oh, as, part, yeah, as part of your as part of your Thailand hangover. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, cool. So now let's go on to the main things because I think that I think essentially everything that I've seen is what I'm gonna be talking about. I've, oh no, there was something else. I forgot about that. Huh. I saw, the, I saw the politician on Netflix, but I'm gonna talk about that next week. Because Okay, uh, that's cool. Yeah, the politician, but good shows. We'll, we'll catch it. 
All right. We'll save that for our election special. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 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 it might it might end up being quite a precise show. It really, really might be quite far precise show. We're gonna save that as an election special. All right. So um we're gonna get on to our Netflix with a cinema theme. Let us let us bring back the old you know, the, the age of order and saying that we're gonna give ourselves seven minutes to talk about each one of these films. Does that okay. sound good to you guys? Okay. That, that sounds, sounds good, good to me. Yeah. Okay. Seven minute timer on Google. There you go. All there right. You go. Now, and we are going to talk about the first film that we're going to talk about this week is uh, The Aeronauts. Now, this is a the film I saw yeah. last week and I didn't, um, I didn't actually talk about it then because I'll hold on to this. But this is a film. If you're okay with it, Sean, I'll, I'll just say what it's about, then you can just dive in and say what you thought about it. Okay. Yeah. Starring, Sounds starring, good. Starring Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, reunited for the first time ever since they were in the Theory of Everything Together to award-winning effect. And this is all about um, the. It's about the. It's in the beginning of the days of weather uh, prediction. So there's a character. Eddie Redmayne plays a character called James Glacier, who was a real-life. Uh, meteorologist essentially there's a bit where he uses the word meteorologist in the in the in the film and everybody laughs at him because they're like oh, oh, trying to predict the weather <laughs> that that kind of thing and um so it's about him wanting to get into a hot air balloon to go higher than any man has ever gone before because then he can get all these readings and figure out how the atmosphere works and when he figures out how the atmosphere works he can sort of like more accurately predict the weather and Felicity Jones plays his pilot. So she she um, is the person who actually gets into the balloon. She pilots it. He's the scientist who's trying to figure out all this stuff. And she's the one who actually has the expertise to make sure that he can go up there and come back down without dying. So then, and th- so they go up. It's just, This film is essentially, they get in a balloon, they go up, and then they come down. And it's all about the detail of what happens in there. Like, what do they find when they go up there? What goes, and there's a little bit of backstory about what their lives were like down on Earth that sort of forces them, forces one of them to go higher in science and forces the other one to go higher in, an, in a hot air balloon. So, or gas-filled balloon. So, that is basically the the plot of the film i think it's pretty straightforward as to what happens and all that kind of stuff but it's this is a film that i think is more about the detail of what happens than it is about the overarching um what actually happens because the plot is pretty simple sean what did you think yeah yeah pretty much thanks for that toast um yeah i this i think would be a really really good movie to see in imax or in one of those i sense or one of the because I mean, for me, I really love blue skies, you know, yeah. I'm really, I, I'm quite interested in the space thing and, and the different, the ionosphere and the stratosphere and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I quite liked it. And what I liked was when they did the little graph, you know, they had a little graph of yeah, yeah, they have how all many these hours graphics. and now, yeah, yeah they, they have, have all these, these graphics, graphics that show you, like, show you like how high up they've gone and how long it's been since they left the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, in the end. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I liked this Felicity Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jones, I, yeah. I, uh, and she, she plays like the part she plays is a real, you know, go get. You know, she, she's uh, pretty much the action hero of this film. She is, yeah. She, she really is the action, is the action hero, hero yeah. of this film. Yeah, and I was a little bit. I've got to be honest. I was a little tiny bit disappointed in Eddie Redmayne. Oh yeah. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, especially you know towards the. When they're, when they're getting higher up and certain things happen, you know, like hypoxia and, and what yeah. have you and all that, yeah. like, just to me, I, 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 that detracted a little bit from it. 
But like like you say about the the um, society where they're all like obviously you know they're saying oh we've got to do this. And all, all the old boys are like yeah. wah, wah, wah. Do you know what Tozen? Do you know yep. what is funny? All the way through that film, I was watching the extras, <laughs> believe it or not, and I was thinking, and I was in that strange, right? Because as well as watching the film, like when you, you know the scenes when they're actually in the city and things like that, and yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, oh, and they've all got like the beards and things, people, and that, they're yeah. really that that sort of era. But yeah, it was it was really really noticeable for some odd strange reason. I think it was the crowd scenes, you know. Yeah, and I was thinking, then well, it was it was noticeable but, that they done a good job or that they done a bad job. Um, on, well, I mean, if you hadn't been watching the extras, I don't think you'd notice. But I was watching the extras, and I think it was really, it was quite noticeable. With, with, with in what way? Sorry, that they did. They look weren't. Period. Yeah, they did. No, they looked period. Yeah. But they did actually look like they were like looking in shop windows and. Oh, 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 you're terrible. You mean terrible? Right. Terrible extra acting. <laughs> but, well, I don't know. If, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that was oh, just. But I might. <laughs> I might have been just conscious of that, you know, because All right. of certain circumstances. But yeah. I did like there was, and there was one particular where where two people actually they sort of wait and then they talk to each other. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it's just like and do different things and a couple look in the shop and all that. And I was thinking, yeah. hmm, that looks that a little bit plastic, quite natural, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look quite, wasn't quite <laughs> quite natural. Terrible. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Terrible extra acting. No, no. I, don't worry. I've been on sets. I've seen terrible extra acting. I think I've done some terrible <laughs> extra acting myself. But <laughs> so I thought I'd throw that one in there just for, yeah. for fun. But, well, but no, on the whole, I thought this was a really, really good entertaining, entertaining movie. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I thought so too. I mean, the, the thing with the film is, I agree with you. Some of the visuals are amazing. Like the bits where yeah, they, really. there's bits where the balloon goes up through a cloud, and just the shots, you're just like, that is just beautiful. The, and the the fact that, like you know, they then they do good jobs. Like you know, things like there's a bit where they go they're inside of a cloud. There's a bit where they get caught in a storm. There's a bit where they're getting yeah. like to the edge of the atmosphere. So essentially, if they go any further, they're going to go into space. And it's just really, really 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 well done um i think with the film because as i said the plot of the film is pretty much it's pretty straightforward as to what, what actually happens and so i understand why you would have started watching the extras because there were bits where i was kind of like i'm enjoying this but get a move on so, yeah get a move on that's yeah, it that's yeah. it i guess there, yeah. there, were, there were bits there were bits like that where i was like yeah i was like yeah I, i'm enjoying it but please move quicker and it's yeah. um it and all the other thing I want to say about this film is that uh, because when I started watching it, I was thinking, really, this was eighteen something. Would they really have had a female pilot of this, of like you know, to go up to this whole thing? And and uh, so I actually, it's it's a kind of film that drives you to Wikipedia after you finish watching it because you want to find out what actually did happen. Was this actually what happened? All that kind of stuff. And it turns out that um, there's been a bit of controversy because the family of James Glacier. Uh, some of them are really, really annoyed because they're like, well, he was a married man. He wouldn't have gone up in a hot air balloon with a widow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, and, and it was another man. <laughs> yeah, and, and the fact is that it was actually the, the, the pilot for the, for the particular event shown in the film was actually a man. A man, so, yeah. So, Hen Henry Coxwell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Henry he, Coxwell. Yeah, he was actually a man. But but looking at it, they said this is like an amalgam of a whole bunch of different things of pioneers who went up in hot air balloons to try and figure things out, be it to do with flight or be it to do with um, so be, be it to do with flight or be it to do with uh, uh, scientific endeavor or anything like that. And I feel like it's one of these films that it might be made about the eighteen hundreds, but it's more about now. It's more about now. 
So the yeah the the I was about to say Emilia Clark. No, for the Felicity Jones character is strong. Almost, yeah, she's like it's almost kind of like yes, women can do it too. This for she's, all the, she's the hero. Yeah, she she's is. She is totally, totally the hero. He is like the. Well, on the poster, the... she's above him on the poster, isn't she? She's in a much more prominent and dominant position on the poster. Yeah, and, so that would suggest you know that that's what they're saying is, you know. Up the girls, basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and to be honest with you, you know, you you were saying about <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. In in a way, Eddie, in a way, Eddie Redmayne doesn't really have that much to do in this film. Uh, I think Felicity Jones actually has more to do than Eddie Redmayne does. Which, quite frankly, yeah. some people might say it's around about time women have been dealing with that kind of stuff for all year. Yeah, but it's I, a bit I, of a role reversal, isn't it? But I, I still think do you that reckon it works those as two... a two-hander. Yeah, I do. Do do do, do you think they like working with each other? I mean, oh, I, I think they, they do. Matter, but I assume they must. I must. Yeah. I assume they must be, be yeah. um, you know, quite comfortable working with people. Yeah. Because sometimes you get a partnership where you work with people, don't you? When it works. You know, when yeah, it works. That chemistry. Like, oh, we we'll we'll have that again. Yeah. yeah. And, and like Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. Robert. Yeah. yeah and, uh, that crowd. But I mean, sometimes you can get uh, a, a relationship on on screen, but it just you just know you just think yeah. that's not right. That's not working. <laughs> yeah. But this this worked, I think. This worked. Yeah, it, it, I think it worked really, really well. I mean, even though, you know, you have the whole thing of, oh, they don't like each other. And then you you can see, okay, they don't like each other. And then they're going to come to respect each other. A little, but they make it work. Even though you know that that's what's going to happen. I feel like the two of them, yeah. I feel like the two of them make it work. But also the fact that this is a film that's made for more for nowadays than it is. Uh, it's, not, it's not concerned with representing Facts. what happened accurately. It isn't. But the fact is that, like, you know, um, James Glacier's sort of work colleague is played by Himesh Patel, who was the lead in um, Yesterday. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was the lead. Uh, and I'm, like, thinking uh, he's he's of, like, Indian origin and all that. And I, I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I can see what they're doing here. This, this, he, he, yeah, he's, this wouldn't have happened. But, <laughs> but, yeah. it's, it, but it's, it's made for more for now. It's like, look, you, it doesn't matter where, what background you're from. You can be an adventurer. You can be a scientist. You and yeah. I, quite frankly, I yeah. was fine with that. I was fine with that. Because yeah, yeah, I, I was, I think, I'm, I think, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think the film does enough to to not try and say we're trying to represent history history accurately here. But um, yeah, but I, I mean, isn't there uh, isn't there a new David Copperfield coming, which has got like a completely multiracial cast? Yeah, there is multicultural with, cast with Dev Patel. Oh, what's up with yeah, what's up with I think, Patels? But it's sort of like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think they're just moving towards having more of a multicultural appear, yeah. or you yeah. know, just yeah, it's, all, it's, you know, on the screen, we're trying to reflect the societies that people live in now. Yeah, it's it's a bit rather like than they would have done at the time the film was set. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like Hamilton, um, on, on which has like a, a, famously has a, a multiracial cast talking about the birth of, a, of America, and obviously everybody there would have been white. But uh, they're saying, like, we're going to talk about America now is going to tell you the history of America. And it's a bit like, you know, Britain as it is now is going to make, tell you what the history of Britain is. Because just because you're not white doesn't mean that it's no longer your, your history if you're mm. still British. But eh, never mind. But anyway, I quite enjoyed this film. I would give it a four out of five. And it gets a few extra marks because it has a kid in it who shows up really, really sh- for a really, really short moment at the beginning. But he he is the kid who also plays Roger in the his Dark Materials adaptation that's on BBC One right now. Oh, we like Roger. Yeah, oh, right, okay. I, and I, I think the Dark Roger. Materials. Sorry, yeah. Don't know. yeah, and no, Roger? and I think the and I think the kid is actually the kid's actually really good. He's really really good. He's he's kind of heartbreaking, but he's really really good. But I'll give yeah. us, I'll give yeah. us a four out of five. Okay, for me, um, I, I'm I'm going to give this a three. 
Yep. I mean, I thought it was visually stunning. I thought yep. it was visually stunning. Yep. I really liked it. Um, I love Felicity Jones. Eddie Redmayne towards the end didn't quite get it, and the egg, the bad extras were. So, <laughs> so I'm only going to give this. I'm only going to give this a three. But no, yeah. But so, I mean, a good three, a good solid three, entertaining. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon. I, I reckon it. I reckon if I'd have seen this at an IMAX, it probably would have would have made the four. You see, now this is the thing, right? I reckon that it's it's one of these things. It's a high. Is it a very very high three or a low four? But yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, but, where uh, they get yeah. So thankfully enough, three point five. The funny thing, three point five. Yeah, yeah. we split the difference. Three point five. Yeah. That's a good show. You you know it's funny, right, Sean? Because if you if you start doing it, you start noticing really really bad acting of extra <laughs> acting in every single film. Which because I've been I've been an, an extra in a couple of films now I've I've noticed this in a couple of times like even in his dark materials which I'm watching with my wife Claudia, um, there's a bit where there's there's a bit where they one of these colleges in Oxford and there's a bit where they're like oh get out of the room get out of the room and you can see people just sort of trying to shuffle to get out of the room and one of the extras <laughs> I actually know him I spotted him I was like that's Morris. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I was like, "That's Morris." I was like, "Morris, that's terrible." Well, man, you're we'll better get, than we'll that. We we'll get Sharon watching him now. <laughs> yes, I still Sharon. remember that. I still remember the Maze Runner. Run! Oh no, Sorry. Anyway, let's. <laughs> Let, yeah, this the second Maze Runner. With the less said about that, the better. But anyway, so now <laughs> let's 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 get on to. Um, to Netflix and Friends. So we, uh, because we, we, it's called Netflix and Cinema, but we also talk about other streaming platforms, anything that you can see at home. And Sharon, you, talking about BBC iPlayer, you have just finished yeah. watching a TV show called Giri Haji. Yes, it's still currently being shown, but it's available on the iPlayer, so you can watch the whole series. So Oh, so you can watch watched... the whole series on the iPlayer, but it's being shown week by week on BBC One or something. Week by week, yes. Yeah, so yeah, you okay. can either choose to do it episodically, which my brother is doing episodically, so he's still on episode four, whereas I've seen the whole thing. Because uh, I watched the first two, and then I thought, oh, I want to... And I think, I now watch the first three in sequence. And then I had a spare afternoon, and I thought, oh, I might just go and watch one. And then I ended up watching them all. So, <laughs> not okay, on the that, same that, day, that, that, over that a week. Well. That bodes well. Yeah, I saw them over a week, but I did suddenly think, oh, okay, I'm going I'm to... I, I can't space this out. I want to just watch them. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It's basically a a British Japanese film. It seems to have like a, an equal sort of numbers of cast um, between the two. It's basically a detective from Tokyo. He has been sent to London to find his brother, who has been reported dead in Japan following a a sort of falling out with the Yakuza. He's, he's become sort of a bit of a sort of Yakuza henchman. Yeah. So he, he fakes his own death and he leaves. His family believe he's dead. And then there's an incident that happens in London that he is linked to. And so they send his brother out there to see if they can track him down. And he, yeah, so in London he arrives and then he's sort of paired up with this British police officer. On the, his sort of cover story is that he's a, they're having like this, Japan, Japanese sort of British um, liaison and sort of cross training exercise where yeah. they sort of go to see how policing is done in their own countries. And so a British police officer is sent to Tokyo and Kenzo is sent to London. And oh, so yeah. he is then sort of paired up with this British officer. And then the story unfolds basically in how yeah he tries to find his brother in London and how the, it's like Yakuza meets 
London mob meet Albanian mob meet <laughs> um, <laughs> life in the capital. <laughs> uh, so you've got this sort of cross-cultural barriers. You've got this sort of the the different um, <coughs> yeah the contrast basically. So it's like it's okay. In how what ways are we similar? In what ways are we are they are we different? So it's that complete compare and contrast type thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting story. I don't. I can't really give much away because it will just sort of give too many spoilers. Because yeah. you get this sort of drip, drip, drip. You get fed little bits of information, new information in each episode. So it sort of builds up, and the picture you get at the end is quite different to the picture at the beginning, and people's roles and what they they represent <coughs> and what you think of them at the beginning does transform as you watch the series go on. Oh, yeah. It's very clever. Is and it? it does have some really stylistic moments. The actual, when you watch them as an episode, at the beginning it does a, on the previous episode, but it's done in the, it's like a man, uh, an anime. Oh, wow. Almost, oh, really? But with live action, but it's yeah. overplayed with like, yeah. with that animation, or, or with um, like drawing. So you see them slightly stylized, the colours are stylized, and it's got a <coughs> nod towards those sort of manga comics. And there's one scene in one of the episodes that I think is just a lift out of, I don't know, I can't even talk about it because it's just this complete giveaway. Because when you first see it, you go, <laughs> what am I seeing? And okay. then you become, it, becomes, it becomes completely enthralling. You know, I, I, like, I like a show where, A, you can't really talk about it without spoiling too much. And also, B, that you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to spoil it too much. Because that actually... Because I, I saw this, I saw this, and I was like, "Ooh, Japanese, Japanese British thing." I quite like the idea of that. I'm all for, I'm all for like you know people who haven't been represented being represented. But um, and but I wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't necessarily going to watch it. But now that you, but now that you're saying that, oh, I don't want to say too much because I might mess it up. I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm on board. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's it's it, it's interesting. There's some interesting it's, characters. Is it much in the way of action sequences? You know, like I mean, heavy action or oh yeah, really, is it? Oh, oh yeah, okay. there's all sorts going on. Oh, right. okay, cool. Again, I would say there's some um, stylized violence as well as just brutal, you know, slaying. But there's a <laughs> there's there's quite a lot of you know it's quite violent, and there has got a, there are there is a, an element of sort of sexual content to it. Right. Okay. And some of the scenes so come you, without much warning, and so you go, what the heck? <laughs> and then it's okay, it's over. It's over. Right, you right, can. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So, I, I, was, I was getting a bit of a feeling of something like heat. You know the T the T the film the Michael Mann movie the film Heat Michael yeah. Mann movie if you see okay all yeah. oh, right yeah you yeah, see I mean, well I think great it's, film great film yeah I think it's got obviously fewer American influences this is you can see the the, the cultural influences of this of this series are British and Japanese right oh nice it's very little nods towards sort of the American sort of gangster or the American action sequence right. I mean the sort of the violence is the, the Japanese violence is almost like quite specifically culturally yeah. Japanese in terms of the weapons used yeah. and the way they're used. And in Britain, it's much more grittier, sort of not quite lock-stock gritty, but it's a bit <laughs> yeah. more lot of the lock-stock type violence yeah. rather than the, the casual violence you see in some sort of American films. You, you just so made me, me think of the phrase, and the fries as greedy as a pig. <laughs> <laughs> So there is a little bit of that actually. There's this one um, quite over the top performance. I'm going, yeah, I'm not really quite sure what you're doing here. <laughs> but it's good. They're all good. But so one of them, I, you'll know if you're a minister, you think, 
yeah, I know what you mean when you say something is slightly over the top and you, you can't quite work out what, what they're all about. I think I'm probably going to watch this. So I'll, I'll probably, There's some I'll elements of it I'm thinking. I'm still not entirely sure that I understand all of it and all of what I've seen, but I, it was certainly intriguing. I'm glad I say Bangkok Hell now because now I get it. <laughs> all right cool good stuff so sharon we'll put you out of the misery of trying to talk about it without telling us anything what did you think about this i just thought yeah i thought it's really engrossing it kept me watched and watching all the way through some of the characters you think they're just going to be like throwaway characters and yet they are they keep coming back so you think well actually that's interesting that you and they all, there's some of these odd couples in it that you think, oh, gosh, I wouldn't have put those two together. And it's for surprises right through to the last episode. Oh, wow. So I would really rate it. I think, yeah, it's a, there's a lot to sort of admire about this film. Yes, it's perfect, but I think there's a lot to admire about it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I would say I would give it a four star. Four stars. And I would Wonderful. recommend it, to, but I would give it just that sort of caution that if it had a cinema rating, it would probably be sort of 15 or even an 18. Mm. Because it is violent and there are um, scenes of sexual nature. Ooh, bang on time. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> bang on time. Sharon, the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we go back to cinema and we're going to talk about a film called The Good Liar, starring. The Good Liar. Yeah, starring Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. Now, um, oh, actually, before I say, I was I want to speak about somebody who I was speaking to earlier this week. Speaking about people who we've spoken to outside of the podcast, who listen to the podcast. How's Rachel? I haven't actually seen her since our last podcast because, um, yeah, I, I missed her at church on Sunday. But she's she's wild the last time I saw her, so I'll go say hello if she's listening. Okay, cool. And because... she said she does tell me that she does listen. So. All right, that's the she thing will. because this is this is what I'm saying. Don't I, I want you to not see her. I want the next time that she sees you to actually be her coming up to you and going, "Oh my God, I got a shout out!" Because then we'll <laughs> she really does listen. <laughs> but, yes, I shall be sure to sit next to her at church on Sunday and then sort of nudge her. <laughs> so, huh? huh, huh, huh? <laughs> so, so if you don't know anything good this week, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like heard anything good? You know, maybe on your phone, but. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so uh, this is a film that I, I was speaking to a guy called Adam Collins earlier this week because yesterday, it was yesterday, yeah, I was filming something in Derby and I was filming with him and he he heard about the podcast and all that kind of stuff and I said I was going to watch The Good Liar and he was like, oh yeah, that's got to be good. It's got Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren. That's all you need. That's all you... And I feel like <laughs> this film, that's kind of what they've done because this I haven't before I watched this film. I knew nothing about it. I hadn't seen a trailer. I hadn't. I'd, I'd seen a poster, and that was about it. And it was as if they just went, "We've got Ian McKellen. We've got Helen Mirren. What more do you want? Get in here, and watch this film." And and um, but I think it also works in the in the advantage because this is a film that I think I came out of the cinema, went on Facebook, and I, the first thing I put out there was that this film is blitheringly predictable. Sean, I, don't, I know you've seen the film as well. I'm not, I'm not sure whether you... I've seen it. the film, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was obvious. It was obvious, uh, it was it was obvious, obvious 20 minutes yeah, it was in. Straight from the, not even 20 minutes in. <laughs> 20 even just, minutes. You know, right from the, right from the, the, the go, really. So yeah. when, I, when I just read the synopsis, I'm thinking, okay... You think the good liar is him, but it's actually her. <laughs> that that hey, would Sharon, be my Sharon, quick Sharon, assessment don't, of it. Don't, come on, <laughs> come on. Away, mate. But come I haven't on, seen the film. I haven't seen the film. I'm going to so have to cut that out. don't confirm that. Don't confirm that because <laughs> okay, you don't, I don't know because I haven't seen the film. Okay, okay. let's say, but let, let's put it this way. <laughs> About 10 minutes into the film, 
you have figured out what's going on. It is that, <laughs> and I think I think part of the part of the problem is if you're particularly cinema cinema literate like we are, like oh actually, well that's not a bit big headed, but it's like <laughs> we know what cinema is. But no, but if you've watched a lot of films like we have or anything like that, there's yeah like well, I think we've kind of seen this before. I think part of the problem is the casting. The casting is because if you're going to have Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren in a film they're not just going to hang around to be, they're going to be there for a reason. And so when you have these two characters and one of them hasn't really done much for about 45 minutes, then you're like, well, there's got to be a reason that they signed up and it must be coming up to a point where they're going to do their big thing. And if they're going to do that, then, so it, it, I feel like, I feel part of the problem is that it's with structure. Part of the problem is the fact that it's like a con movie and the, we've seen you've seen a lot of con movies so it's hard to do anything new and it's also the fact that you don't attract big names to something if they're just gonna sit around and be an old person who is struggling with life <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be yeah right yeah. for the picking it's like nah. yeah so so um to, to try and keep a little bit a little bit of mystery even though i think it's pretty impossible i think that's why i haven't seen any trailers for this because they anything they put in the trailer would have given away the entire film <laughs> because... yeah definitely well it did i think i saw a trailer for it and and i thought yeah i know i know well, that's happening yeah, yeah. Well, that's gonna so, play so out. we know what's happening there and i haven't seen it and i know yeah. how that's gonna yeah play yeah. Out. yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I mean it got to the point in this film where i actually started trying to to see how accurate i could be about how the ending was i was like let's see what's the final shot going to be how's this gonna play out it's like who's gonna end up being allied with who and who's gonna kiss who and i I, I started playing like a game to try and figure out because like 20 minutes in you and i mean the fact is that it's in mckellen and helen mirren so watching them is fine i mean you you will watch them even if you know where it's going it's not like oh it's not like um oh yeah i'll tell you what it reminded me of a bit it's not as bad as this film but remember the limehouse golem yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Remember how in the yeah. Limehouse Golem you figured out who the killer is, like yeah. when the film still has an hour to go, <laughs> the film keeps going, and you're like, "Why are you still going? We know who did it. Yeah. Just stop <laughs> the film already." And yeah. but I, it wasn't as bad as that with this one. I mean, it's still you still want to see how they're acting, and they do bring a little bit of wrinkles. There's a bit where they go on a trip to Berlin, and you're like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" <laughs> and and there's a bit where there's a car that keeps driving out, uh, and you're like, "Okay, what's going on there?" And but but the the film climaxes, so to say, like the 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 sort of big sort of point that the film builds to. It's you know, do you understand what I mean when I say Basil exposition? Yeah, it's yeah. A, it, it it essentially ends up with one person sat down in a chair telling you the entire plot of the film. <laughs> Um, for yeah. what feels the thing is for what feels the, like 10 15 minutes yeah, it's like it's like it. It telling you the entire and i'm just kind of like oh come on sheesh this wow this is wow this is no, this, this this could have been better <laughs> for me sure right, yeah. This, yeah this for me right i think i'm not being funny but i mean it's pretty obvious what's going on here. I think and it's. I think you're, it, you're I an intelligent person. Yeah, obvious. but what I'm saying is actually in the film. If you're an intelligent person, you're going to be thinking, "Hmm, something's <laughs> not quite quite ringing true here." So I was a bit. And that Berlin scene you're talking about, was, I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, and the subway scene where he's in the subway. I oh yeah, yeah, was, yeah. That was that was to me unconvincing. That one. Sorry about that. Um, it didn't. I mean. 
you know, they are great actors, they are great actors, but from, for the actual characters they're playing, I think he would have thought, he would have thought twice about it, he would have, he would yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen yeah. What was happening? He would have I, seen what was happening. I, I think I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It it does it does require some characters to be a little bit dumber than they are portrayed as being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what I mean is it, it's there's that inconsistency there. It's like you, mate, you <laughs> you spent a lifetime. You are not them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just cameo. too easy. That's just too easy. Yeah, you know should be I mean? wily old fox yeah. instead. You're yeah. being. So it was all too for me. It was all too convenient and and everything like that. Yeah. But I must say, Ooh. the acting that sounds like the thing. The acting was that they, they are good actors. So, yeah, yeah, they, they, they right. are they are good actors. But I agree with you. I think I think this 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 felt more like it would be better as a TV episode, as an episode of something like Hustle. Yeah, Hustle. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be better as a TV episode of Hustle as than as a film on its own. It doesn't. It it. It it's it's just so it's just so blatantly obvious. It's just it's just so it's so obvious from like ten minutes in. So I I think in for me in a sort of Sunday afternoon midsummer murder murders kind of way, I think it's good. But it's it like I I think it's the fact that I thought it was blatantly obvious, but that didn't that wasn't just the end of it. That wasn't just me going oh forget that's it I'm going home. That that makes me a bit more a bit more uh what's the word. Uh, forgiving yes forgiving. that is the exact word sean thank you <laughs> forgiving so i'll give it a three and and i feel exactly the same way I feel yeah. same how many are you going to give it i'm going to give it a three yeah yeah a low three whereas you know the other yeah, one this is a low three yeah. <laughs> this this is a low three now imagine if okay now sean here's something imagine if we take in sort of like age reduction technology use it on ian mckellen and helen mirren and put them in the aeronauts Wow, yeah, that would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Really, that would have been. A, oh, that would have been. That would have been. Go on, heard, go on. Have you heard about the fact that they're making a film, and in this film, they're going to make a CGI James Dean? Yes, I yes, have heard, I've heard, about, heard about, that. about that. Yeah, I did. did hear I'm something. not keen myself. Yeah, I think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think it's. I think terrible. it's a bit. It's a step too far. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going that look, way, isn't it? Soon there won't be actors. I know at they all. said they won't the, need, soon you won't need actors. Well, yeah, I know they said the family have given their permission for his image to be used, but but I then again, he, so did Peter Cushion's family for Rogue One, and that wasn't exactly great. No, it yeah, was, so I would. I, it was it was admirable, like but not quite not quite great. Yeah, and there was there was something not quite not quite yeah. Quite yeah, I mean, it was okay as the film went on, and you got used to it, but yeah. it still wasn't quite. Yeah, it wasn't quite right. And and and. Inspector <laughs> Clinic. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Toby. So you've you seen yes, that for way more times. Well, he's no Peter Cushing is like my idol, you know, Peter Cushing, is, and and as far as I'm concerned, he's the best thing in Star Wars. Yeah, and. Yeah, and also, but, and I was also going to say that, and the less said about the final scene of the Gemini Man, the better. So the better. Oh yes, indeed. Yes, so so sure. so when they say we're going to have a certainly CGI James Dean, number one, why, and number two, uh. So yeah, exactly. So all right, um, now we're going to go back to Netflix, and this is actual proper Netflix. And Sharon, you saw Journey's End on this, and so yes. tell us a little bit about what Journey's End's about. Well, this is a 2017-2018 stroke film yeah. um, about the trench warfare in the First World War. Yeah. As it was the week of remembrance, I thought, oh, I'll watch, I like to watch something 
sort of remembrance related. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah, sat and watched Journey's End, and it's basically uh, the week in the life of a British trench uh, at towards the end of the war. Uh, but this was uh, in March of 1918, when uh, during what's called the German Offensive, where from having been like very static warfare for four years, everything really speeded up in the last six months of the war. So you had you had massive losses of life. But you had these sudden huge offensives where they just each side made a, these massive pushes to to see if they could break this stalemate. And the, the first sort of move of this sort of chess game was the German had this massive offensive where they basically threw everything at certain areas of of the front. Yeah. And the the because the war had gone on had been so damaging and so draining for Britain and the, its young men and its armed forces. What was happening towards the end of the war was you'd, uh, each regiment and each company almost would spend one six days at the front before before being relieved, and then another one would take their place. So each section of the line would be held by a different company uh, every six days. And so we come into the film as we see a brand new. He's just left university. He's this very young man, and he has gone to take his place on the front. He's a second lieutenant and he's going to join this particular part of the trench where his former schoolmate, who's a, several years older than him, but a schoolmate is has been on in the on the front line on and off for the last three years, four years almost. Yeah. And so we are introduced to this sort of trench warfare uh, through the eyes of this sort of innocent young man. And so we see it, we experience it the way he does, you know, first seeing what how, what the trenches are like, the the sort of the, the permanent mud that doesn't seem to go away no matter what the weather is like. Um, the, the the officers dugouts where how you know you've got the ground level and then these dugouts are like a story underground. I mean these are complex. Over time these trenches have been expanded to such a degree that you know you are two stories underground and yeah. there's this network of rooms and they they have their offices and their bunks and their their they're they're eating there, they sleep in there, they sort of do it. They live in these these sort of bunkers for yeah. you know for their time on the front. Uh, but the the enemy line are literally a tennis court width away. They are sometimes they're no more than I think in this one particular part of the front they're like seventy yards away. Yeah. And they and so the story starts with he's just arrived on the front. He's met his old friend and he's sort of seeing it all as a bit of a lark. And then there he sees them all like you know. Sort of anaesthetise themselves with drinks, some of them. Others are just not thinking beyond that day because they don't make plans. They don't like to write even write letters home because they don't know if this will be the last letter or not. Yeah. And so in a, in a very short period of time, a lot happens. And so you basically see the whole war encapsulated in this one short period of time. Um, and so you do see sort of like the loss of life, the fear... How some people um, it affects them in different ways. How they become um, anaesthetized to everything. They're yeah. sort of blind to the world, and others become sort of ter- terrified and sensitive and scared. Basically, they they live in a perpetual state of fear. And how some people face that with by sort of falling to their knees and crying, and other people uh, face it with a different way, with courage or with a sort of Stiff up a up a lip with or almost in their way. Yeah, because so it's I, an interesting film. 
Yeah, I think it's based on a play, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So it is very play. It is set in like two or three different locations. Yeah, and uh, uh, when this film was released, a lot of the talk about it was about the performance of Sam Claffing, who plays the older school friend who has seen more of the war, and as you said, is yes, is pretty much. Uh, I think nowadays, you know, they would they would say he's suffering from PTSD from the moment you. Yeah, he's just he's just burnt out. He's he's he barely reacts when he sees this sort of young chap come along, who's um, very charmingly played by actually by Asa Butterfield. Who oh, does yeah. that sort of wide-eyed innocence very well? Yeah, he but does. But he plays second lieutenant Rally, who's his mate, and yeah, and Sam Claflin plays um, Captain Stanhope, and yeah, how you see this it, without sort of you know playing it large, you see the fact that he is just he's just shattered by everything that he's seen and been through in the last the years of being on and off the front. Yeah. And yeah, how it was how it was just a devastating war, really, in every regard. How it impacted the people who fought through it and the people at home, and it was, and we still feel the residents now, a hundred years later, we still, because we sort of we stood around the, the war memorial in Newport today, and which is the principal town on the Isle of Wight, and you see there's more than a thousand names on that monument from the First World War. But being a play, did it seem like a play? Because no, no it didn't seem like a play no. at all. It seemed like a film because I mean there was a film called The Long and the Short and the Tall. Oh, oh I remember, remember that. that. Yeah, with, with Lawrence Harvey and all that, that black and white one. And and you could more or less tell that was really like a play. And yeah, because it's all set in a hut or just outside yeah, the hut, isn't and it? And they're like like the Denzel Washington one fences. That was you could see that was a, a yeah. play. That was yeah. Fun. And I think so. What I'm saying is this, but this one didn't seem to like me. A play. It didn't it, feel it, like it. it, it you it, had it certain set pieces, pieces that oh, take you out yeah. of that staginess, and yeah. so you are in the trenches. You oh, are in no man's land, and you do see a little bit of the German <clears> trenches. Yeah. So it takes you out of that one setting. But you can see how people come and go from this one room, which is at the hub of the of this the officers' bunker. Yeah, but, yeah. So I found it, yeah, quite a moving film. Yeah, because I know that it's so. How many stars would you give it? I would say um, because it. I would give it a high three. Mm-hmm. I because we are, because you only you sort of get a glimpse of these people. You are there for only you only see like three days in their lives, and you. So you are you are dropped into this situation like Ace of Butterfield, and then it all blows up around you. Yeah. I would say because you 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 connect them in a certain way, but you don't get really deeply connected to any of the characters because you don't you don't see them for long. Yeah. So I would give a, a high three um, as a snapshot of you know of the war, which is why we say you know lest we forget, we don't want to forget that war because we don't want that to happen ever again. Yeah. So yeah, high three for me. Yeah, well, th- thanks for that, Cheryl, because I know that your your family was quite um well I, well you've had you had people in your family who ended up in the in wars. Oh yeah, all of them. They've yeah. all been in all of them. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I, I had I um, I my dad quite, and uncles and yeah. I, I know it's quite a personal thing for you. So but but oh absolutely. But but you think it was so this was um um on the more how do you put it on the more respectful like you know edge of the scale like oh almost so respectful to the people who ended up in these wars. Yes, absolutely. It wasn't... Because a lot of the time, people treat the First World War as if um, they're either too reverent or they're irreverent or they say it was futile and it was like these people were, were lions led by donkeys. And you think, well, no, that's too simplistic, really. It's much more complicated than that. Yeah. And the, the war itself was more complicated than we think of just standing there like shooting each other. So I think... It reflects the fact that this is a there was a more complex war than than we think, 
So yeah, I think it's respectful but not reverential. So I would say it was a it's a good film. I enjoyed it. Um, it goes to add to that canon of films about the First World War. It was sort of, yeah, it would fit in. All right, and going from something that is reverential and respectful to something that I am not expecting to be reverential and respectful <laughs> about a world war, seeing as it was directed by the guy who made Independence Day and Godzilla <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah. Roland, what, the late, late, yeah. Roland yeah, Emmerich. Roman. No, he made the 1990... Was it 1999? Godzilla was in 97. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so essentially, he's... And he did, like, you know, The Day After Tomorrow and all those sort of things. He, this is a man who is not known for subtlety. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Roland Emmerich, and he's made a film called Midway, which is about the Battle of Midway in World War Two. Uh, so uh, this is this kind of interesting because I know a couple of weeks ago we we're talking about um, Five Came Back, and um, there's a bit where in Five Came Back that that talks about George Ford made a made an actual documentary which ended up he ended John up John Ford yeah yeah he ended up making he ended up cutting it like a John Ford movie but about what, because he was actually there at the Battle of Midway and so yeah go on yeah i just thought it was funny that that you had that i have this but now sean you're the only one who's seen this so tell us what's this all how's this okay okay, yeah midway midway this is um there there was a film in the 70s with charlton heston called midway the battle of midway was one of those films that were put in century round which was like Mm. earthquake and you you had the battle of midway yeah this story of basically midway turning point of the war 1942 where the, the ships never see each other it's just purely aircraft you know so this film starts off with uh, Pearl Harbor, obviously Pearl Harbor, and you've got these characters which are just your typical your American American gum chewing heroes, you know. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to talk too much about the acting, although there is quite a quite a big cast in this. So the acting <laughs> is pretty much pretty much standard, I think. No, 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 no one particularly stands out in in, in any way, shape, or form. You know? um, sorry, I'm sorry. So we, that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I mean, that. when I saw the trailer for this, I was thinking that two thousand film, Pearl Harbor, which I hate. Yes, probably goes. The two thousand have a similar, a similar. It feels a similar feel about it, doesn't it? From yeah. the trailers, yeah. The okay. Michael Bay Pearl Harbor. So, I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the attack. The attack is good. The rest of the film is. Oh, good not, lord! Not, yeah, yeah, I couldn't even. Anyway, oh. this film is much more factual. It actually gives you the facts of, you know, so it is, and and factual-wise, because I, I mean, I'm really interested in this, this this battle. It is quite good. So you got you got the facts, and you've got the the Japanese. Interesting to see at the start of the film. It's obviously made with a lot of Chinese money because the, the they mention an, um, the reason Midway comes about is because the Americans launch some some. Air Force bombers, some B-52 bombers from aircraft. It's called the Doolittle Raid. It's very famous, but they couldn't land again, so they would go, they bomb Tokyo, and they'd land in Free China. So there's this whole sequence in the film where they're in Free China. Doolittle lands in China. Aaron Eckhart plays Doolittle. Famous. I mean, really, really famous. Famous. Uh, oh, is that uh, the bit, is that the one that they show at the end of Pearl Harbor where they go in to go and try and uh, to sort of retaliate? Oh, yeah, don't that. even go. Yeah, where he gets on the yeah where he gets on the the um <laughs> where, where he's, he's he's fighting the this is Pearl Harbor we're going to goes fights the Eagle Squadron turns up on the eve of Pearl Harbor he's a fighter pilot in the Navy and then he flies an army bomber it's yeah. like come on <laughs> anyway this is not that bad this is not like that it's pretty much um 
sticks to sticks to the historical. So historic, it yeah. plays a little bit. There's a little bit at the end which I had some issues with because I don't think that happens. But so anyway, you've got these gung ho Americans, Battle of Midway, lots of plane, lots of action, and there's a funny you mentioned about John Ford. Yep. Because he's actually or someone who looks like him or someone who's been CGI'd. It's like when, when they actually do yeah, when they actually someone has passed as John it Ford. actually turns up and he's like, Oh yeah, no, he go, Hey sir, you better forget underground And he's like, No, hell, get the camera go <laughs> So yeah, so, so, so well, there is a little nod cast to that. somebody as John Ford filming the Battle actually, of Midway. Yeah, yeah, someone so as John Ford. Jeffrey yeah. Blake. Jeffrey Blake is John, John Ford, Ford. Yeah. yeah. So and there's a bit it's quite funny, that five came back that we spoke about a few weeks ago. Yeah. There is a scene with John Ford directing the thing, the actual raid, and yeah. in this, it's, it's very much taken out of that. It's very much taken out of that. Um, a, yeah. But so yeah, I could I could go on a long time about this film, but I know we're really really limited. <laughs> but I have to no, say, you, you, have, you have two minutes. You have two minutes to. to <laughs> I've got two minutes left. Okay. You've got two minutes to lay into the film, which I feel you. This I can film want into. <laughs> this film is not too bad. What? This film yeah. is what? not. <laughs> too bad i because i saw the trailer and i thought i'm not watching i that. saw the trailer I and i thought i'm not watching that dire. but it was I, I saw this sunday i thought what, what should i do what's it oh midway's on a good time to go and see it i'll go and watch it and then i can then i can come on to the podcast and i yeah. can actually <laughs> hammer it you know I, say, I can't i can't really hammer this one i mean as i say it's not particularly good in the way of action yeah. uh it's sort of yeah historically it, it's quite good i think that some of the sequences are a bit out of a bit out of real time yeah but and and the action sequences are, are, are really pretty good to be fair you know and and from obviously they they're cgi'd but it's the actual aircraft it's like the you know, thunderbolts and you've got the zeros and you've got all that so and it goes through pearl harbor the doolittle raid and the doolittle raid is primarily why they decided that they would have to um you know they, they needed to take out the american characters really and uh, they, they've got this. It's, it's, it's well known, but to, to find out if the Japanese objective was Midway, because the Japanese, they crack the code, and they keep Japanese keep mentioning this AFAF, so they put out, and it's well known, they put out, like, all oh, the water, just over normal, we're having trouble with the water carrier in, in Midway, and then they come back, and they pick up the Japanese thing. Oh, there's, um, they're having a, they get AF. AF is... Is midway so okay the guy who plays yeah. intelligent officer yeah um yeah patrick wilson he's like the uh he plays the intelligence officer really really famous because everybody's saying no it's not going to happen it's not going to happen um, oh he's the one who he's told like, he, he warned them about Pearl he Harbor. actually said because nimitz because nimitz who, who takes control after pearl harbor and all that he says right to me goes oh they're uh, i mean this was obviously poetic license but he says right i need you to be definite he says oh they'll attack on these coordinates blah blah at 10.30 or something like that and, you know and then there's a little scene later on in the film I, I know it's a bit spoilery but, oh he was only five degrees out and you know <laughs> spot on sort of thing so, so yeah so there's a lot of poetic license in it but I didn't mind it I thought it was okay I thought it was an okay film I'm not saying it's fantastic or anything like that no. it's a zillion times better than Pearl Harbor a zillion times better than Pearl Harbor alright cool and you know we've spoken you said you're going to talk about I've actually seen it twice Really? Really. You liked it that much? Well, I, I won't say I liked it that much. It's just that it was it was convenient. So this is going to get 
I'm going to give this a high three star for me. This All is three right. Star. High three. High three. High three, yeah. So not, not as bad as I thought. I was expecting to come on here and just go, ah, well, I'm rabbit. Yeah, mildly surprised. Mildly surprised. Just, just seven minutes of Sean going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, to be honest, with you, I was expecting that myself because when I thought when I heard Ronald, Ronald Emmerich, I'm like, uh, yeah. this is going to be how America won the yeah. war. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but I think no. I was more pleased because I was expecting. But you know, like you go into these films and expecting yeah. them. Then well, they, the trailer looked like better. it was all bad CGI, and mm. some of the back scenes of bombs dropping, and you follow the bomb down. I'm thinking, oh, not that. I didn't actually again. see that. I, that wasn't actually one. I don't think there was stuff like that in there. No, uh, they, they couldn't have um, done that because that was done in Pearl Harbor really well. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think because sometimes the trailers you see stuff in the trailers. But they didn't actually put in the film, film, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, but those films and there's films that I've really, really been looking forward to, and they've really disappointed me. Mm. I think that's often the way that we have an expectation yeah. and yeah, it yeah. doesn't meet so, our expectations. I think I think well, you have no if, expectation. If you've got a spare couple of hours. Yeah, I, must have, I always hesitate. I, I do like watching films about the war, but I must admit, I wish they would make films about the Burma campaign, for example, which they never have done since the oh. 1960s. You know, they, where, did, they, have did, have they did Errol Flynn nearly caused an international Nearly caused a riot, object, didn't it? Well, they had to Burma. ban it in this country because it was so offensive. But it's like, when have they ever made a film about Kahima? When have they made a film about Impala? When have they made a film about the Chinjit? Well, occasionally they do. Yeah. But, you know, this is a part of the war that that's our history that we'd ever see on yeah. screen and they I think we need to. <laughs> to make it, they can't get the money to yeah. make those sort of films really. Oh, and that's where Netflix the comes in. The next film, can we have a film about the Chinese? That is where Netflix comes in and you're right. And the thing <laughs> yeah. is, it's, it, it wasn't our just country because you had the Australians, the Canadians, oh, yeah. the Indians, the New Zealanders. I mean, they and, and I do find, part. and I'm, I'm not being unpatriotic here, but it's just like British, you know, British, British, British. They forget that probably majority of especially in the Middle East in the Al Alamein campaign it was all Aussies and Anzacs and, yeah. and, and well where my dad yeah. served it was a mix yeah so you know um, yeah, I, I think yeah. they should do more. I think they should do more on that, and I think there was a lot of African troops as well. And I yeah, think well you see, that, that's that's the thing that always on. that always gets me. That I always go hang on. So what the heck was happening? What what the heck were Africans doing during the war? <laughs> it's like I'm like so doing this because it's like you know oh world war and all that. I'm like so what was happening in Nigeria? Why, why, why don't why does was that like like pointless or anything like that? So it's yeah, like, well, my dad spent two years in Ethiopia and the Sudan and all around that way. He was with Gideon Force, oh, wow. um, with um, under General Wingate. So we know more about the war in Africa than we do about yeah, the other <laughs> some wars, of the dad's yeah. personal stories than we do about in that case Sharon I might I might need to come interview you one of these days for my new YouTube channel Tosin Talks Nigeria but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm going to start off at some point but yeah talking about things in Nigeria but never mind never mind but okay no good good stuff and for those of you who might be listening for the first time as you might have realized both Sean and Sharon are moved well they're, they're war buffs and and not only war buffs, but war movie buffs. And especially when it comes to... <laughs> because I think you have, like... You have personal connections with it. It's part of your family history. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah. And I'm just kind of like... Hmm. I just sit down and nod and, like, chew the end of a pen and go... Hmm, that's interesting. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to move on to Netflix now for our final thing. And this is Living With Yourself. This is a... It's a program that I watched... And this stars Paul Rudd, who some people might know as Ant-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
and an Irish comedian. She's most she's been on things like you know uh, at the uh, Showtime at the Apollo and uh, no Life at the Apollo and all that kind of stuff. And I it's one of those Irish names that I struggle to know how to pronounce it. It's like I think it's I think it's Iceland B or Ailing B. I'm not sure. I'm really I think it's sure. Ailing. Ailing is it Ailing? Yeah, because I'm not sure yeah. because it's it's kind of spelled a bit like Isle Isles in. But I was like, yeah, I think it, I think it might be Ailing B. But yeah, and it stars both of them as a married couple, and when you meet them, they've always been they've always been married for a while, and it's kind of like you know they're in this sort of like they're living in a suburban identical house, and it's you just see that you know you get this idea that they've been they've been they they're in a bit of a rut, they're in a bit of a rut, and it seems that the rut is mainly due to the man, like he's just kind of got to that point in his life where he's like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, I don't know what I'm supposed to be here for. I just don't, uh, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I just get up and do the whole thing. I go to this job that you, you, you just get, the way the film is shot and the way the thing is done, it just sort of tells you he's not particularly happy with his life. And he goes to work one day and there's a guy there who he's like, look, what's up with you, man? You used to, you never even used to look up from the floor and now you're just so full of energy. And this guy says, well, what happens? I went to this spa and this spa, they gave me a totally new outlook on life and he gives him this card. So he and he's going oh yeah that's rubbish and all that but he goes on and he just looks at his life and he just can't handle his life his life is just gets him down and so he decides to go to this bar he he goes to this bar he pays money to go to this bar and he well <laughs> and they say don't worry about it. like a total sort of neural clean and everything's going to be fine you're going to have a whole new outlook on life but he it turns out that something at the spa goes wrong and he he ends up with a clone so it's it, he he ends up with a clone, which is like they've essentially cloned him. So there's two of him running around, and it's all about that. It goes into this whole thing where the clone is like, "Well, but okay, I'm a clone, but I have all of your memories. I know absolutely everything. I love our wife, pretty much." And he's like, "Well, but she's not your wife. She's my wife, and all that." And it, it and it's a really really good performance from Paul Rudd, who plays the two characters. And I think there's there's some stuff like that they do to identify which one of them is who. And it's mainly in the hair. Like one of them has his hair up, and one of them has his hair down. And it's one of those things to so let, to visually tell you this is this is who we're talking to. We're either talking about the original person, or we're actually showing you the clone right now. But I think a lot of it is in his performance, and his performance is just so well done, so that you always know which one is which. You always know which one is which, and you always know <laughs> what they're going through and all that. And it goes into weird places. It is surprising. There's things that sh- that happen in it that you're like, what, what. That, that, that really did that just happen and you don't really know where it's going there are some things which i kind of saw and i thought okay that's gonna happen that's gonna happen but even when it did things that i expected to happen the way it played out after that i was like oh oh that's different and it just it just like they, they keep trying to sort of change you and it's directed by the guys who directed little miss sunshine which is one of my favorite all-time films yeah yeah that. yeah i like i like little miss sunshine i, I, I think little honest, miss, I like that yeah i think little miss sunshine is pretty much a perfect film <laughs> yeah, and, it is pretty good. Yeah, and I think they bring a little bit of that sort of like quirky weirdness to this whole thing, where you're talking about a domestic situation, but they'll bring something in. There's a dance sequence that Paul Rudd and Aislinn B do, or Aileen Aileen B doing it, and it is and it is just one of the cutest things ever. It's just there was like, a, it's it, but uh, I really really enjoy this. There was, wasn't there a film with with Michael Keaton called Multiplicity? There was a film with Michael Basic called Multiplicity. Yes, it it has yeah it, yeah it where, has a, where it has like similar, about five different ones. Yeah, it has a similar kind of um, concept to it. But I think that this one is it asks. There's bits in it where 
it's oh, what was it that we were talking about last week where i was saying oh it, no it was gemini man yeah so where i was saying <laughs> that it, it um it doesn't really make you think oh my god yeah that would be weird oh man imagine that they, sheesh imagine they done that that would be weird but this show totally does that it totally goes oh that oh yeah that that's not easy to figure out that that would be because it becomes this whole thing about so if this guy's the original and he's supposed to like live this life what's the clone supposed to do because the clone loves the wife as much as he does the clone <laughs> the, the clone is she aware is the wife aware that the clone Ooh, or is it, it is kept secret? Ooh, or can't you ooh, give that? Ooh, that, that, would oh, telling, that, that, that would be telling. Yeah, that would be telling. What was the Roger Moore film that he was playing? Was it The Man Who... The Man Who Haunted Himself. Man Who Haunted Himself, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, was sort of that sort of thing. He was sort of following himself around, as it were. And everyone thought it was him. And he said, no, no, that's not me. It was someone else. So. Yeah. So, yeah, they've, yeah, they've used this sort of as a, as a device, haven't they, for a long time to yeah, get to yeah. the truth. And I th- and I think it's 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 actually really well done. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to tell you much more about that. I'm not going to tell you about what the wife knows or doesn't know because this is not the good liar. You can figure it out after ten minutes. So- okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it it actually keeps you guessing and it surprises you in the way that they go about it. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. Because there's some there's some there's some I think there's some filmic pitfalls you can fall into if you have like you know clones running around and you expect yeah. this to happen and you expect that to happen and you expect it to turn into sort of like you know a john hughes movie in the 80s where they do all sort of like but and there's and there's bits where i'm thinking okay that's what they're going to do and then they do something like oh okay that's this got interesting and i just i just think it just ends up being like a very very human thing and even all the way to the final episode there's some bits where i wasn't sure what was going to happen i really liked it i'll okay. give it a four out of five Wow. wow okay that's a good good shout good shout that is yeah it, it is offbeat and it is a bit weird and it might not be everybody's cup of tea but hey it's good <laughs> it's that's good. good oh good well there we go then yes there, there we go there it is show done and now all that is left to do is to tell you who won this week so where do we think our money was better spent this week be it in netflix or in cinema I think Netflix pips it this week, does it? I would uh, imagine. Netflix does pip it this week. Yeah. Ne- Netflix pip, pip, pips it this week because, um, yeah, because let's see, because because of the sort of in betweenness of the aeronauts, yeah, that went to 3.5. So we had 3.5. Aeronauts 3.5. Giri Haji 4. The Good Liar 3. Johnny's End 3. Midway 3. Living with Yourself 4. 4. So yeah, so, oh. so ne- uh, either way, it's a good week. Nothing below three. Mm. Either way, it's it's a good week. Yeah, nothing nothing below three. So um, uh, I think I think that's actually that's a good week. Once again, we are the winners. So <laughs> oh, there was something I was gonna say, but I, I cannot remember. It's just totally flown out of my head right now. Something about living with yourself. Anyway, yeah, watch it. <laughs> but I think all that's left to say is a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Yes, uh, we will see you guys next week when I feel like there's something big that's going to be released, but I cannot remember what it is. And we'll find out. We'll see you next week. We'll tell you what we thought. Goodbye. Goodbye.